The scent of the wildflower. Huh? Fire. <laughs> wildfire. <laughs> well, it was close. It was wild. <laughs> all right. Hare Krishna to all. Namaste. Boy, I like looking at this crowd. I see so many wonderful people. If we're fortunate, uh, we'll have a life where we're surrounded by uh, wonderful people. So, but that's not easy. Some people say, well, you should just see everyone as wonderful. And in some ways that's true, but that's not the full story. I always like the whole story, you know? We hear all these catchphrases, people say things, you know, that, that sound really warm and fuzzy, but they really can't take you to where you need to go. But they sound good and they make you feel good sometimes, like um, tomorrow is the first day of the rest of your life. Who can argue with that, you know? <laughs> it might make you feel kind of good, but it doesn't really take you where you need to go. So, uh, in, uh, in this discourse, we're going to give you some uh, directions on where you, uh, where you need to go. We're not going to tell you where to go. That was supposed to be funny. What kind of crowd is this? <laughs> Don't you interview? You gotta me? break the ice first, Guru. I'm trying to. <laughs> it's a tough room to play here. You know? Wow. <laughs> there a death in your family or something? <laughs> Somebody run over your cat? Oh my God! One time I said that. from the Mahamantra. Huh? Mm -hmm. David by the mama. <laughs> That's a good one. That's good. One time I said that in, in London. I said, What are you what are you guys why aren't you laughing? What did somebody back over your cat? And someone says, Yeah, someone ran back over me cat. <laughs> How do you unring that bell? Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> well, the cat's going to a better place. Did you ever chant for your cat? Yeah, oh, the cat's going to be a devotee. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Are they hallucinating any? Can you tell? Okay. Uh, okay. Spiritual foresight. What do we mean by spiritual foresight? Uh, in the material world, we hear things like uh, uh, hindsight is 2020. That's another one of those catchphrases. Well, that should be true, right? But we're talking about material hindsight. Basically, material hindsight, it's kind of 2020 because we're learning from our mistakes. You know? Uh, I touched the stove, it was really hot. I didn't like it. I don't want to do it again. You see? So that's one way to learn. So it's really nice, though, uh, if we can have a, a, a much more positive 
way to learn without making any mistakes. Wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. you know? So some people say, oh, let people go ahead and make all the mistakes they need to learn. Well, that's a nice thing to say. We certainly don't want to remove anyone's free will. Krishna, Krishna gives you free will. No one has the right to try to remove your God-given free will. It's yours. It belongs to you. It's an entitlement. You're entitled to make your own decisions. And then the rest of the world feels like, well, I'm entitled to influence your decisions. You know? You've got your freedom, uh, your free will, but I want you to vote for my candidate because he's this and the other guy's not. And you hear that from both sides, and then the fact of the matter is, I've been on this planet for over 70 years, and so I've seen a few presidents come and go. And I'm here to tell you they're pretty much all the same. Although, going in, there was a whole bunch of people on this side that were like, rah, rah, this is... And then a whole bunch of people over here saying, no way! As it turns out, historically, pretty much, pretty much all the same. See, why? Because they're materially motivated. <clears throat> so just because you and I might agree on some material topic, uh, that doesn't mean that we're that we would be good associates. Just because we agree on something material, like a political topic, doesn't mean that I'm good association for you. Or just because we disagree, doesn't mean that we're poor association. That means that we're both parked in material consciousness. Material consciousness means I start to see differences between us. I look at you and I think, well, gee whiz, this guy, look at the way he cuts his hair. He's got such short hair, he doesn't wear it long like me. <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, like him. <laughs> Back in the 60s, I had hair longer than, no. <laughs> yeah, it was that kind of world. <laughs> I survived it. So... Or I may look at you and say, God, look how light that guy's skin is. It's not as dark as me. That, was, that should have been funny. <laughs> Snurky, come on, come on, you. <laughs> Jeez. Cold showers. Yeah. <laughs> Maha mantra. <laughs> so we distinguish. I don't like the color of your skin, I don't like the way you grow your beard. I don't like the sheet, the t-shirt. I don't like this. I don't like that. I think that uh, just because you're dressed in a designer sheet, an orange designer sheet, <laughs> I think I don't know if I want to trust you. Why? Why do I distinguish between someone who's dressed like a monk? Because I don't have spiritual consciousness, and you may frighten me. Isn't it? Because I'm located in a spiritual place, excuse me, in a material place, and I accept those that are like me, right? Mm. And I reject those that are different from me. Mm. That's called material consciousness. 
so therefore, um, if we hear an accent, someone talking, and they may look like us, and they may even dress like us, they may even wear hair like us, but then they may have a bit of a Scottish brogue, and then all of a sudden, well, well there's a distance between us, you see? So, this causes a lot of uh, unrest in the material world, you see? Because we're caught in this identification of the body. I think I am my body. I think I'm something that I'm not. Not only that, I think that my body is different from your body because of the clothing that you're wearing or that I'm wearing. Or the sound that you make when you talk. Even if you come from uh, Boston, you know, like our master of ceremonies, or, you see, you come from a different part of the country, or South Carolina, you see, all of a sudden we start to dis, now I'm pushing you back a little bit, you see, that I see a difference. And then we want peace in the world by voting for this guy over here who says, rah, 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 give me your vote. We've got to conquer this distance that we put between us. You've got to get over this. If you're ever going to be happy, if you're ever going to be uh, satisfied spiritually, you're going to have to get over that, you see. If you're the kind of person that kind of freaks out a little bit because they see a guy dressed like this, you're just weird and we can't help you. <laughs> It's just like if I see a guy dressed like you. Nothing wrong with the way you're dressed. But if I freak out because of it, that's kind of strange, isn't it? Well, the people like me, if you freak out because I'm dressed like this, that I think, wow, your consciousness is kind of like, not that we find fault, you know, or, you know, we're not, we're not being judgmental. It's just, just the way it is. So, how do we... Uh, conquer this? How do we get past this? Uh, so, let me ask a question before we go on. I love to do this. You know what I'm going to do, don't you? Yeah, well then shut up. <laughs> question. Give me an honest answer. Show of hands. How many of you believe you have a soul? All right. I am a soul. I don't have gold stars with me, but if I did, I did. <laughs> That's the answer. To those of you who think you have a soul, then I have to ask, who is this you that has a soul? Well, I'm me. I'm, I'm this body. Somewhere right in here or somewhere. I left it at home. I got souls. I keep it on my keychain. Yeah. <laughs> on the bottom of your foot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that's Don't yours. Your <laughs> Why do we think the soul is separate from us? This is the this is golden knowledge that you have. You need to grow this. Because yes, you are the soul. You are not a body that has a soul. You are a soul, and you have a body. You've had billions of bodies. 
You've had, uh, there are, according to the Vedas, there are 8,400,000 species of life. And you've had them all billions of times. You've been around and around this merry-go-round, you see. Uh, this explains the concept of deja vu. You see some place you think you've been. You've been there. Come on. You've been, you're on a merry-go-round. You're going around and around, birth after birth. Birth guarantees you a few things. One of them, chiefly, birth guarantees you what? Death. The death rate of the planet has always and still remains 100%. Everything that... This sounds kind of grim, doesn't it? Sorry. <laughs> I hate this part. You know? <laughs> but it's true. You took birth, you're gonna die. Everything does, even uh, even if you don't back over your cat. The soul doesn't die, though. The soul lives on. The soul is eternal. You're just going to go take another one. And destination, Srila Prabhupada, my guru, Srila Prabhupada said, destination unknown. Where will you go? You don't know. Do you want to roll the dice? Really? 8,400,000 different species to choose from. Do you want to roll the dice? So, uh, can you play with karma? Do you want to play the karma roulette? You know? No, you don't. Well, I'd like to know. I'd like to have some foresight into where I am going. I'd like to kind of, I'd like to drive it. You know, it's like when you get in your car or your bicycle or whatever, and you're going to go from point A to point B, or maybe you're not going to go to B today, you're going to go to C, whatever. You'd kind of like to drive whatever it is that's taking you there, wouldn't you? So here's a reality check. You're driving this machine that you're moving around in, and you're enjoying through its five senses, or attempting to. But as Prabhu has established, you are eternal. And we're not going to make it for the long haul. I don't want to sound, you know, I don't want to beat that point up, but it's true. So, I'm going to have another destination. Unless you say, nah, I believe that. At death, the lights go out and I cease to be. Maybe this guy's wrong. And if you believe that, well, then you don't have anything to worry about. You know, just try to live as long as you can. Cram as much enjoyment in now as you can get because it's going to be over. Lights out. You cease to be. I don't think anybody in this room believes that. So I think we'd all agree with you. We're eternal. We are the soul. The soul is eternal. So I should drive towards my next destination. I should be thinking about that. Maybe I'm not wrapped up in it every minute of every day. But maybe I ought to make a plan or two. If I can. If that's possible. Yeah. Would you say, would you consider the soul to have God? 
to have God? Mm -hmm. uh, explain. Well, I don't know. I want you to explain. <laughs> <laughs> it's your question. Do you, would you consider the soul to have God? Like, is that, a, is that, that's my question. Uh, good answer I can give you is, so I was talking with someone a week or so ago, and they were saying, uh, will we ever, what is it going to be like someday when we discover Krishna, we discover uh, God's presence? And I said, it's going to be like this. It's going to be like you see somebody out of the corner of your eye leaning on your shoulder. And you look, and it's Krishna. And you say, how long have you been there? And he says, I never left you. So, yes, you have him. He has you, and you have him. You're his, and he's yours. That's the way love works. Love isn't your mind, and that's it. No, Krishna belongs to you. Love works that way. It's reciprocal. It's not like he says, all right, look, you're my subordinate. Get to work. Wash my car. You know, it's not like that. Oh, wow, I like that. That's a good... Uh, well, it's the absolute. Mm. It's the absolute. It's the absolute truth. There's no truth beyond that. There are perceptions. Like the yin-yang reminds me of. Yeah. The yin-yang, these are things that are approaching the absolute truth. You see? It's like if you're going up steps. If you're going, like if you ever climb up to the... Um, Empire State Building, 100 floors, 100 stories or something like that. I can't remember how high it is. If you get to the 80th floor, you may think, wow, I'm here, I'm at the top. And then later on find, oh, there's 20 more floors to go, you see. So, yin yang, you know, yes, that's a lot uh, of the truth. But there's more to the story, you see. Mm, thank you. So yes, uh, there is an ultimate personality, a supreme personality. Uh, we may get to a point, and it'll be explained when I read this uh, uh, at the end of this purport that I'm going to read. If I ever start reading, I don't know if I ever will. I love talking with a group like this. <laughs> really great folks. Uh, how the impersonal conception of God can be helpful. It can get you started. You see, it might get you to the 20th or 30th floor on the Empire State Building, you see. And for various reasons. But think of it this way. God is that I guess you could, if we believe there is a supreme, then there's a, a supreme source of everything. He from which everything cometh. Or maybe even she from which everything cometh. Which is it? Is God a he or a she? 
Both. Both. Yeah. Everything cometh. Thank God. So he comes and she comes. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> of course. <laughs> 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 See, a lot of times they think I'm serious because I'm the guru. I'm an old man and I'm a guru, so they figure that you know, it's not. If you get them to loosen up a little bit and you find out they have a sense of humor, <laughs> you can loosen up around me. If you offend me, don't worry. I just. I always, I'll tell you the same thing I've told Ragasundri a thousand times. I just pray that your stay in hell is as quick and as comfortable as possible. I love that one. No. <laughs> no. He or she that entity, the supreme entity, the source, that from which everything cometh. So, um, is there such thing as personality? Is there? Yeah, you've got one, you've got one. So, the source of personality has to have personality. For personality to exist and have come from the source, that source must have personality. That cannot be disputed, not intelligently. Some people are like, who knows? Nice, come on. So uh, that means the Supreme has personality. Otherwise, there would be no personality. So form, the Supreme must have form. Form exists. Form comes from the Supreme, that source. But that... Uh, Supreme is not limited to one personality. He has unlimited personalities. He's not limited to one name. He has unlimited names. And he's not limited to one form. He has unlimited forms. You see? So, Krishna says again and again in Bhagavad Gita, uh, I am the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Means all, of all my personalities, of all my unlimited personalities, you're looking at numero uno. Why? Because I'm the one that you share love with. Some of my my personalities, you, they take your breath. You know, on reference. You know, some personalities of Godhead, you wouldn't think of running up and grabbing them. You know, give them a big hug. Or sneaking up from him from behind, putting your arm, your hands over his eyes and say, guess who? You'd never do that, you know? Like, so, but Krishna, yes, he says yes. Let's uh, let's exchange humor. Humor is part of love. For love, humor feeds love. It's a fuel. Yeah. Let's have loving adventures. Loving adventures. You cannot have love and fear. You might be able to have introduce a little bit of awe and reverence and still have some love, but boy, awe and reverence really takes a chunk out of that relationship, doesn't it? So you take away the fear, you take away the awe and reverence, now you're open to unbridled supreme love with the supreme 
lover, the supreme source of love. And Krishna Can says, say that again? That's Can you say the last part again? On reverence? On reverence? You take away. If you take away on reverence, it opens the door to unlimited supreme love. It's an impediment. On reverence is an impediment to full love. I mean, come on. You can do the math. Well, give me, give you for instance. That reminds me of like how that would be on reverence would be just the one-sided of like of God has us. You know, just that. That's what it reminds me of. Without, exactly. without, you know, us precisely having, without me having God. God so has me. Oh, uh, and I really don't want to piss him off. <laughs> you know. <laughs> He has me, and I don't know if I'm totally comfortable with it. But I'm kind of scared to it's try like to do father, anything about it. It's like the, the father side of it. Yeah. It's kind of like the Supreme Court Justice. You know, everybody calls him your honor. Because he can, all a judge has to do is say, I find you in contempt, uh, contempt 30 days. You don't, you don't get it. You know, there's no right to an attorney. You don't have a right to remain silent. They put you in jail if you're in the courtroom. So this guy's got a lot of power. So everyone refers to him as your honor, respectfully. Now, when he steps down off the bench and he takes off the, the coat, some people still call him your honor. His golfing buddies may call him Bob. What if his name's Phil? Well, then they call him Bob Phil. <laughs> and people who don't know him may call him sir, you know. But when he goes home and closes the front door behind him, his wife may call him honey. You see? She may say, honey, yes, dear. You forgot to take out the garbage like you said you were going to do this morning? Hey, look, don't, talk, don't use that tone with me. I'm a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> and she'd say, yeah, you're a Supreme Court justice that's about to have a black eye if you don't take the garbage out. <laughs> so there's no law of reverence there. Now come give me a kiss. Take out the garbage. Yes, dear. So, so I'm, it's the same guy. He was the same guy that was on the bench. Some people have uh, got into his loving realm, you see. That's the way it is with the Supreme. There are people who are always going to want to say, oh, God, you know, uh, on reverence, I don't want to get too close. Basically, I just want him to give me some stuff. <laughs> you know? I mean, he's got all this stuff. He can make it. All he has to do is go, or just wiggle his nose and and I'll pass this test, or I'll get the promotion I want, or I'll get a, a pretty spouse, or you name it. You know, daily bread. You'll give me daily bread. See? Like I have to ask him for daily bread. You know, do you think the animals ask for daily bread? They get it. He's taking care of all living entities out of his love for you. You see? He loves you. He's not going to let you suffer. 
Suffering will, you bring on yourself from your acts. It's called karma, reaction from your acts. But it's not induced by God. So, does this make any sense? So therefore, Krishna says, I'm the supreme personality of Godhead. So, get over the awe and reverence, walk away from the fear, and come here, be with me. Come, you're my beloved. You are my eternal part and parcel. And no one or nothing can love you on an equal level. Nor can you love anyone or anything on an equal level as you can with God. And his other parts and parcels, all the other souls, you see. So if we can understand that, I can see through your covering, you see. I can see through whatever political, socioeconomic uh, image you're putting forth to the world and see, no, you are part and parcel of my beloved Krishna, just like me. Regardless of what you think you believe or whatever you think you stand for, I know that you are a loving associate eternally of the Supreme Godhead. But you forgot. You forgot. That's all. That's not a punishable offense. You forgot. You wanted something. You wanted to go on a journey to see what else there was. So here you are. So to get out of here, you need some foresight. That would help. He said as he got back to the subject. Govinda <laughs> 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 Mata was wondering, what is he doing? No. Now the sundry's looking at her watch, you know. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, <laughs> tell you the truth, I forgot where I was going anyway. I, I don't, it doesn't do me any good. I, I always try to do this. I put together a, a presentation so that my disciples will have something to follow. You know, later on when, they, when they're doing, but it's, it doesn't work for me to follow. Does it? You know, it's... <laughs> You just freestyle in the moment. I, I really don't know what I'm going to say until I look at you, and you, and you, until I get this connect. Who's here tonight? What souls? Uh, and how can we touch? Souls should touch. It's one thing. You ever notice touch is so important. Uh, sometimes someone can touch you in a certain way that it feels very nice. It's very comforting. It may inspire affection. And sometimes just a touch, you know, like a teacher in school when she grabs you, that can make you feel some fear. They don't do that anymore, do they? When I was in school, it was like, bang, zoom. <laughs> First thing is you get sent to the principal's office and the principal has this big plank with a hole drilled in it about that big and when he hits you with it it would leave something like a blister and uh, you'd remember that experience for a long time you couldn't go home and say mommy the principal why did he spank you come here 
wham, wham. <laughs> you just zip it, you know. So it's good that things have changed. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in. I don't believe in uh, child abuse. Mm -hmm. I understand it. <laughs> but I don't believe in it. Uh, I say that because I raised five kids. So. No, wait a minute, four. Seemed like five. <laughs> Where's Keisha? Keisha isn't here tonight. My son usually comes to Krishna for yeah, a so my son's probably older than anybody in the room, except for me. So, uh, but he's a nice devotee. Uh, how do we get this uh, spiritual foresight? You see, uh, foresight is something like when you're trying to find the temple and you haven't been here before, you can use your GPS, right? Google Maps. Mm -hmm. So it'll give you foresight on where to go. It'll give you a path. But Google Maps doesn't work unless you give it something extremely important. What is that? You gotta want you gotta know where you want to go, right? If you say, hey Google, give me a really cool path. <laughs> No. <laughs> you have to have some idea where do you want to go. You give me a destination and you can get your path. Google will give you this turn, turn left on First Avenue, go three miles, you know, like that. So spiritual life, spiritual pursuance is exactly like that. If you're on a spiritual path, but you don't know the destination, you're lost. You don't know. Where are you going? Doesn't matter. I'm on a really cool path. What makes me popular in the circle that I run in? It's a path. Where does it take you? You know, you need to know. What's it, what are, you know, an intelligent person would say, what are my choices? You want to know, what is your, path. You want to go someplace for eternity? You need to think this through, don't you? What do you want? It's like if you go to a travel agent and you say, I want to go somewhere. Travel agent going to say, okay, where? I don't know. Well, what do you want? I mean, do you want to stay up and party all night and gamble? I suggest Las Vegas. If you're looking for beach, we could do maybe Hawaii or Tahiti or Florida. You want a big city? We got New York. Give me some input. What do you want when you get there? And if you say, well, I want this, this, and this, and oh, I know, I've got the perfect place. And here's your ticket. Here's your ticket. Now you're on your way. Until you know, it's like George Harrison. Does everybody in the room know who George Harrison is? Mm -hmm. Okay. One of these days I'm going to say that. I've already had it happen. I had a room full of people. They didn't know who George Harrison was. They didn't know who the Beatles were. You know who the Beatles are, don't you? Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. They're in the sex. 
It's true, but as George Harrison said uh, in one of his famous songs, if you don't know where you're going, any path will do. Just get on it and go. So, but that's being on a path without a destination. And that's not a wise thing to do. So, if you can uh, decide that what you want is supreme, eternal love, the best, supreme love, I want Krishna. I want that supreme personality. I want his embrace. What I want to be... Huh? What about Radha? If you get Krishna, yeah. you've got Radha. <laughs> you've got to appeal to her first. That's why we say... Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This Hare is Hara. That's Radha. Hari Priya. She is Hari Priya. Hari is Krishna, Priya, beloved of. Hari Priya. Tapta Kanchana Gorange Radha Vrindavaneshwari Brisha Bandhu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Beloved of Krishna So which is Hari, which is Hara? Hare is, is Radha and then Krishna You see, so Hare Krishna is like Radha Krishna Right we it's the Hara, you know, like the Hara, right? And the, yes, the, the lower down, the lower down yeah. chin so we pray uh, if we we pray to Radha uh, oh energy of Krishna she is the feminine energy oh energy of Krishna please engage me in the, in the loving service of Krishna please engage me in his loving service I, I want to demonstrate my love for him so Radha immediately says oh Krishna this wonderful soul wants to serve you again and then she says Krishna, please, please let him serve you. <coughs> and Krishna knows that if he doesn't say yes, she's going to get him by the ear and say, now Krishna, you let him serve you. <laughs> <laughs> and take out the garbage, damn it. <laughs> she can get away with that. <laughs> and then comes Santa Claus <laughs> to, to, for, the, for the transmutation. Huh? Santa Claus. <laughs> and, then, and, then the, and then the transmutation happens. What do you mean? I, I don't get it. <laughs> You're over my head. You're over my pay grade. I'm just a guru. How far do you think my knowledge goes? <laughs> Krishna, Christmas. Oh, I get it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's getting better laughs than me. Nora Hari was here, I'd tell him to throw him out. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. You can't get rid of me. <laughs> So what does Krishna say about all this? Let me get to this uh, this verse in the 12th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, 20th, 20th verse. Does anybody here not have a Bhagavad Gita? 
you got a chance to get a free one if you hold your hand up. No, everybody has Bhagavad Gita? Wow. Bad. <laughs> we have two. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got two eyes. <laughs> I gotta try it. Two-fisted reader. I can eat with both hands, but why can't I read with both eyes? When you get old, you kind of have to use one eye at a time. So Krishna says, those who follow this imperishable path of devotional service and who completely engage themselves with faith, making me the supreme goal, are very, very dear to me. So what's he saying here? I'm going to give you the destination. Me. Make me your destination. And then follow this imperishable path of devotional service. Make me your goal. Give me some loving devotional service. And I'll see that you get here. I'll be your Google Maps. I'll tell you how to, to do it. If you say, but I'm not really, I don't really want to get that warm and fuzzy. I'm close and personal with God. You know, I say this a lot. I understand. That's kind of scary. God, you know. Even though Krishna is so loving, he's so beautiful, so attractive, such an incredible sense of humor, he's still God, you know? I mean, that in and of itself is kind of scary. So therefore, Krishna wants you to get beyond the God thing. You see, don't let the fact that I'm God stand in the way. And he can overcome you. He can seduce you into loving him and forgetting the God issue. Whether he's God or not is not important. Now, some people say, well, can you say that? It has nothing to do with it. The fact is, he's Krishna. He's your dear most love. He's your ever well-wisher and your best friend. It doesn't matter that he's God. You see, that has nothing to do with it. Of course he's God. Now get over it. And get closer. Get closer and, and take that embrace. Make him your goal. If he's your goal, and you perform loving devotional service, and if you keep sadhu, sangha, sangha is association, sadhus are saintly persons, or people who also have this goal in mind. That then, instead of you being alone, you have association, all moving in the same direction. That's incredibly potent. That's incredibly potent. Uh, potent. Uh, because we may have some difficulties on our own, and when we're alone, we feel alone. It's unnatural for the soul to feel alone. When you're on in a consciousness of you and your relationship with Krishna, it's impossible 
to feel alone. When you get on the bodily consciousness and there are no other bodies around you or no other bodies that are like you, you can feel alone. You can feel alone even if you're in a crowded airport. Because I identify with bodies. Because I see all these people as souls. But we're all united. We just don't recognize each other. You see? When I, when I travel, uh, on, especially on airplanes, I travel just like I am right now. And I invariably have people come up to me. And I can tell, you know, if you got... Uh, sometimes, especially international travel, you got these long layovers. You know, sometimes it's hours and you're sitting in an airport and you see someone, they're kind of like, they're kind of like this, you know. <laughs> so this goes on for a while. There's a guy over here. And, I'm sitting there either reading or chanting Hare Krishna, 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 Hare Rama, of my beads. So finally, after an hour or so, or maybe a little bit more goes by, someone will come up and say, Excuse me, are you are you a monk? I'll say, Well, yes, I am. Well, really? Really? What what kind of monk? I said, I'm a Hare Krishna monk. <gasps> Hare Krishna! Wow, they just said Hare Krishna, didn't they? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm a Hare Krishna. Well, how about that? I met a Hare Krishna. I usually count. Okay, that's two times he said it. <laughs> and then you'll hear some other by, they'll say to the guy next to him, is this Hare Krishna? Well, the guy's saying it too. You see? Gee whiz, what do you believe in? Now, what do you think I'm going to say if they ask me that? I'm going to give them both barrels. <laughs> do you think you're your, do you believe you have a soul? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't think so. I think you can go on. And then two or three more people will come over. And then some people were going to, hey, do you mind if we, mind if we take a picture? In India, they call it a snap. Mind if we have a snap? You know? Depending on where, where I am, people want to take a picture, you see. Uh, because clothing were important to people. If I were dressed just like the rest of them, I would not have gotten anybody to say Hare Krishna, would I? I'd have been just another guy. Maybe with my hand in, a, in an orange sack. Maybe somebody might have asked me, what are you doing with your... Like this guy's got a bead bag. Like, you know, you put your hand in it, somebody might say, Hey, dude, what's wrong with your hand? Yeah. <laughs> I've had people ask, Hey, did you hurt your hand? <laughs> this is healing my hand. But because people are aware of their body, the outer covering of the soul, and aware of the outer covering of that body, they say, Hey, Wow. I think you've got something to say. Are you a monk or something? You see? And you'd be surprised how many people will want to discuss in a very, very favorable way. And then they always want to do something like buy me some water or something. 
and I end up with, I say, no, 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 but they want, so I end up with like five bottles of water. <laughs> People buying, you know, because you can't take it through security anymore. So they'll go and buy some water. So here I am going on the plane, you know, like this, you know which is okay. Of course, on, on most international flights, they'll give you as much bottled water as you want. At least they do me, mm. you know. They, they tend to, uh, it's good to be a monk. People, people give you special things. I had a lady, uh, <laughs> somebody had told me I was you don't in, get others. You don't get other special things. Huh? So it's like trading and other special things for that. Well, I try to get from Krishna. That's a special thing. But I heard in London one time I was heading back to the U.S. I heard that if you if you <coughs> find flying British Airways, and you know the Brits are very polite, very proper people, very kind, you know. And so I heard that sometimes if you ask, you know, for uh, for a better seat, they'll they'll give you special treatment, you know? So I'm thinking, man, I don't know. <laughs> Can't hurt. So I, I asked the lady at the, where I was checking in, you know, and I said, uh, hey, can you, can you give me a, a special seat? And she says, oh no, sir, we can't do that. We're not allowed. <laughs> so, you know, I'm handing my passport and everything. I'm like, it was worth a try. So she's doing the thing, and she gives me my boarding pass. She says, here you go, sir. I moved you to first class. <laughs> 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 oh, she couldn't say it, you know. Cause, <laughs> I moved you to first class. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, there's benefits, you know, so... <laughs> <laughs> I saw it's Krishna's arrangement. You, you know, got good. So. You got good karma, like. Huh? You got good karma. I don't have any karma. Mm. My guru took my karma away. Mm. He ripped it, tore it right away from me. And then the guru eats the karma and feeds the rest to Krishna in the fire. You take uh, guru, karma goes. All these billions of lifetimes of karma finished, gone. Even afterwards, like so, then if you keep building up karma, you still keep taking, or then what happens? It's different. It's different. You may get some, but there's ways of burning that up too. Incidental karma. When How do you take karma? Is is the is a reaction for material action. Even science says, is it? Uh, every action is a positive and negative. Yeah, who was that? Alfred E. Newman that said that? No. He got it. Isaac Newton? Anyway, some some scientists said for, for every action there's an equivalent and opposite reaction. In the Bible it says what goes around comes around. <laughs> <laughs> oh no 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 that's what they say on the street <laughs> the bible is as you sow so it shall come around yeah <laughs> <laughs> i gotta see if they're paying attention you know. 
So, you know, karma is, is uh, but when you operate uh, all of your thoughts, words, and actions as an offering to your beloved Krishna, there's zero karma for that. They, there's karm, karma, proper pronunciation is karm. There's uh, vikarm, karm is the reaction for pious activities. Vikarma is the reaction for sinful activities. But then there is akarma. No karma. You do an action, there's nothing attached. You see? So things that we do as a, as a as service to God or God's devotees, no, there's no reaction. No material reaction. It pleases Krishna. So there is sweet, positive, transcendental reaction, but no, no material reaction. No material reward, nor any material punishment. What about your airplane example, though? That was a material reward. I don't know. You have to take that up with Krishna. Why did I get that? Well, it sounds like Krishna, he chooses... Krishna reserves the right to, to pamper you if he wants to. And... Uh, for almost 50 years, mm. I've experienced this pamper, you know. I mean, I, I, I get favors from the world that I know I don't deserve. I don't, I'm, this is kind of like, you know, Krishna, you're being so kind. You know, you're embarrassing me. I'm not, I can't return the love as fast as you can shove it my way, you see. That's a good feeling. You see what I mean? So there's been so many things. My life after I became a devotee was entirely different from before I became a devotee. You know, before I became a devotee, my childhood was not so good. It was rotten. And then I had a struggle, struggle. Then I met my guru, then he took my karma. Then I started to serve Krishna, and uh, it's all been sweet for close to five decades. And I can see there's a lot coming my way. I sure can't claim to have earned. You see, a lot. So I just take things like that as his, I don't know, his pampering. You know, for whatever reason. Oh, I did, actually, I did in first class. I did sit, sit next to a guy who was, uh, and I can't remember his name, but he was a famous guy. He's uh, 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 a golf pro. You know, he teaches <coughs> professional golfers how to, not just anybody, but professional golfers. He was naming off some of these names that I probably should have recognized because he was saying them like everybody in the world would know them. And I said, oh, really? You teach him? This is God. <laughs> oh, wow, that's impressive. <laughs> I didn't know what he was talking about. So uh, anyway, uh, I gave him Bhagavad Gita. And uh, so I don't know, maybe Krishna wanted that to happen. But I learned a lot from him. He was saying... I was saying, since you're teaching golf stars, that it must be kind of 
I would think it would be easier, you know, uh, because they're already great. And he says, no, even people, the problem is people that think that they're great, convinced that they're great, but they need some help. It's so difficult to get them to unlearn what they think they know is right. And then I thought, wow, I experience that when I'm speaking to someone who's got like a, a partial philosophy, you see? And for them to expand on their spiritual knowledge, they've got to admit that, you know, I don't have a full grasp on the absolute truth. That can be a struggle. You know, because there's a little bit of ego involved. And he was saying there's ego. These professional golfers have this big ego. They're making millions of dollars. But to win this next tournament, they've got to get better. And they know they can and should get better. But how can I, it's kind of like they're thinking, how can I get better if I'm already the best? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like, he said, you know, the average guy comes up and he says, hey, look, I'm a wreck. I can't. I can't play worth anything. He said, I can teach a guy like that. Man, I can make a guy like that. Just, but somebody who thinks they already know it all, it's very difficult. So I had like a six-hour conversation with him. So I guess that was Krishna's reason. I don't know. Yeah. I was just going to say that <clears throat> for those that understand this position of a, of a guru, I would say those are mere crumbs compared to what you take. You know what I mean? The karma, the, you know, oh, the yeah. karma that you're taking from your disciples. Well, I, Krishna helps me with that. In other I'm words, sure he does. I think that more than just as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever try to balance it out. But, no, I know, yeah. I know that. I'm just saying. Yeah. But it's. So you're basically. I have no complaint. Huh? Right. But you do want to be sure, you do want to know fully where your destination is. Otherwise, how do you know? Should I turn left? Should I turn right? And maybe you might not know all of the, the whole truth. The whole truth, is that what you're saying? Then I need to find somebody who can give me this whole truth. Mm. Somebody who has it. Mm. I need to find a guru. My good fortune is I found a guru. And he gave me all this. I mean, when you find a guru and he gives you the absolute truth, it makes you look like a real smarty pants. It makes you look, looks, it makes you look like you know everything. But I didn't. He gave it to me, you see. Well, I can't say I know it. It's his knowledge. He, he feels like it came from his guru. His guru feels like it came from his guru, all the way back to, to Krishna. So no one takes possession and says, this is my knowledge and I give to you. No, I give you uh, the knowledge from the disciplic succession. Like water. Huh? Like water. Like water, yeah. I didn't make the water, but I got it from the source. And I can give it to you. Like the postman. Postman comes, brings a letter. He didn't open it and write it, rewrite it or anything like that. Add anything or take anything away. He just gives it to you. 
So it's kind of easy to look like you know a lot, <laughs> you know, when you get it from someone who knows everything, you know. So does that make any sense? This is the empowerment of, of the guru. The guru doesn't actually empower you. He empowers you with what? That's a prayer we say daily to our spiritual master. You know that prayer, don't you? What does that mean? I couldn't tell you. I was born. We're all born in the same place. I was born in the darkness of ignorance. So were the rest of you. I didn't even know. Even though I was born in America, I didn't know how to speak English. I couldn't do anything. I didn't know anything. I had to go through this painful life of learning what to do, what not to do, you know. So I was born in the darkness of ignorance. But my spiritual master, my guru, opened my darkened eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. He gave me knowledge. So it's like if you have a, if you're in a dark room and somebody brings in a, a tiny little bit of light, really tiny, it, it 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 lights the room. You see, so a little bit of real knowledge can take you a long way. So the purpose of the guru is to awaken your consciousness. You are part and part of Krishna. But your consciousness is dormant because you're thinking you're this body, I'm an American, I'm a man, I'm a woman, I'm an earthling, you know, I'm a bird, I'm a dog. So the Guru awakens you. The empowerment is knowledge. Knowledge that you are as powerful as God, but on a smaller scale. It's like um, you have a gold mine. I like this. This is this is a fun example. You have a gold mine, and you the what what carrot is the gold in the gold mine? It's pure gold. What is that? Twenty-four. Twenty-four carat. Twenty-four. Yeah. yeah. So you take a little tiny piece of, of gold out of this gigantic gold mine. It goes for hundreds of miles underground. You take out a little piece of of that gold. What carat is this little piece of gold? 24 24. It's the same substance as the gold mine. That's you, the living entity. You are the same DNA. The same exact uh, substance as God. You are part and parcel. What is it? 15th chapter, 7th verse, Krishna says that all living entities are eternally my fragmented parts and parcels. Eternally, you're his part and parcel. So, this is the fun part. So you're 24 karat then, aren't you? Right? Well then say it. I'm 24 karat. I'm 24 karat. I'm 24 karat, damn it. <laughs> 
<laughs> Say it like you mean it. Yeah. You're part and parcel of God. Our carrot. I'm 24 yeah. carrot. Bless it. It ain't going to change. You can't take that from me. I dare you to try. So it's not going to happen. You see? Four carrot. Yeah. Stay in that way. So if you can keep that consciousness and maybe share it with other people, hey, you're part and parcel of the Supreme God. You've got nothing to worry about. You've got nothing. You're an eternal part and parcel of the You have 24 God. organic carrots. 24 <laughs> organic carrots. You got it all. <laughs> Was it you? The Sunday you said yes. 24 <laughs> organic carrots and a rabbit? That's trouble. That can't endure forever, you know. So, any questions before we feed our faces? <laughs> yeah, two of them. What does it do to our relationships uh, when we relate solely on the concept of the body? What happens when we relate that way? It totally separates everything. It breaks us down into little cliques, subcultures. Mm. I'm a Led Zeppelin man. You're a Zeppelin. Hey, I see you got a Led Zeppelin t-shirt on. Hey, dude, right? Give me, give, me, give me a bump, you know? You're my bud. Not him. You see what I mean? We click. We start. That's what, you know, There's people say we clicked. Well, we matched up. What Matched up what? Material consciousness. My material consciousness matches your material consciousness. Whoopee. <laughs> I like the example that you give, the very, very crude example that you give about heroin. Yeah, yeah. If, if I do heroin, and you do heroin, then you're not going to think I'm an idiot, are you? <laughs> he may think I'm an idiot. He may think we're both idiots. But not you, right? So we got it going on. We can share this. It'll bring us closer together. We don't need the rest of those people who think we're idiots. Well, that's a good one. Smokers, people who smoke, you know. Most of our friends, they feel, oh, God, you guys smell like cigarettes. But not you, man. We can go outside. When I go outside to smoke, he comes with me. We're smoking buddies. You know, we both smell like an ashtray. And we love it. Let's see, <laughs> everyone else criticizes us. Or if I like to drink uh, a, a liter of uh, vodka a day, and so do you. Wow, we got it together, man. You see, everyone else says we're killing our livers. What do they know? Let's see, back in the '60s, people used to say if you do LSD, you're going to kill your chromosomes. <laughs> yeah, I know. We used to say, how do you even know you have chromosomes? <laughs> and why should I care if I kill them? <laughs> so People back in the here? 60s used to do LSD so much that we used to have a joke that, hey man, you and I did yesterday, man? No, what? I didn't drop any acid, man. Wow, what was it like? <laughs> oh, that was kind of scary, dude. <laughs> I kept seeing all these crazy things. <laughs> it was like reality. I hate that stuff. <laughs> so, 
Serve? Can everybody like move a little bit over here so we can serve in the back, please? Oh, sweet. All right, so we're gonna partake in some uh, potent palatables. So uh, we can still talk and eat. I can talk and eat at the same time. Of course, I get stuff all over me, but that's okay. You will too. So. Stop making fun of me. Okay. So should we wrap it up? Say goodbye Cyberland. to Cyberland. Cyberland, thank you for turning in. <laughs> Tune in next week, same time, same station. Arrivederci. I like that little sound you make. That was good. So does everybody agree? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you gotta eat, you gotta agree to eat. <laughs> you don't agree. You don't get a plate. I don't know if that guy agrees. Which one? This guy back here. Okay, we'll bring out Jerry Springer. It's gonna be that kind of night. Just <laughs> All right, thank you so much.